0: everyone um i know we're not that early but we thought we might pop on a few minutes early this time because we did our um earlier this week promise that we would explain during this video a little bit more about the the website and the blog um for those of you who saw that message or have checked it out you know um we're going to go over a little bit more as to what our future um hey mom (laughs) um We're going to uh, explain what our future vision is for that, what we are working towards with that. For those of you who haven't seen it, now you'll know about it, and you can go check it out. But uh, y'all might remember in one of the previous um, studies, my lovely daughter, who is all about wit and words, um, had made the comment, C'est la vie would make a great book title. Um, And we actually are contemplating, possibly at some point, putting our two heads together and working towards a, uh, a daily devotional with that title, but for right now, um, she enjoys writing, and as y'all have heard, she has a lot of wisdom to share, she's, she's very gifted with it, um, my middle daughter also as well, which y'all have seen some of her videos and her things too, um, I... Don't enjoy writing quite so much. This is why I do the videos. the doing nothing writing. I don't I don't enjoy the writing. I've been told I'm good at it, but I don't enjoy it. So, you know, that's just my thing. So I have created this baby for them. I will contribute to it from time to time. I, I have done the first one to get it started, but this will mainly be their baby. But this will be a blog to be able to give y'all another platform for those who prefer the perfect per the blogging platform, um, and to get a little something different outside of the Bible study. Um, Our goal that we would like to do, because in order to do what we want to, it's going to require some money, so it's going to take a little while for us to get to that point, but we want to upgrade it so that we can basically make it a one-stop shop for everything. Um, It will have a blog there, but we'll also be able to upload all of our videos there. Um, We will be able to put a link in to our podcast there. And if we were to add any other future platforms, we would be able to put the links all there too. So you can go straight to the website and be able to access any and all platforms that we have, anything that we have to offer right there. Our ultimate goal is to eventually be able to remove everything from the Facebook platform, and do everything there. Um, Not doing that right away, so nobody panic. Um, Even once we do get all of this together, we will still allow time for people to be able to get used to transferring to over there before we do this. But that is our ultimate goal, and we hope that everybody will enjoy (laughs) that particular platform and the way that we're doing it. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I have major science issues going on. Um, that is our goal. But if you are interested, the links are on the public page and within the group. Um, the name of it is Sela V, but it is connected to this group. And if you happen to visit it, you saw our explanation behind Sela V. But if you did not, um, the Selah, of course, the pause and think on this. And the Sela V being, you know, Cast all your cares and worries on him, leaving them at his feet every day. There's your connection.
1: Um, I don't say what he meant, that's life.
0: Well, I've always kind of heard both, but either way, it still works. Either way, it still works. And so we like to put together our our wits and our words. Um, matter of fact, in our study today, we're going to get into a little bit of a word study. Um But, anyways, if you're interested, go check it out. Um, Feel free to share. I did insert buttons for you to be able to share on any and all platforms if you want to. Um, And it's really easy to access it. So, enough said about that. I just wanted to get that out there and let y'all know what we're doing and why we're doing it. And uh, to go check it out. So, Without further ado, um, I'm going to go into a word of prayer, and then we're going to dive into Psalms 7. And you know, when I saw that this week, do y'all realize that next week will be two months since we started this thing? Um, two months. I can't believe it's been that much already. It just seems to have flown by. But anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and give us some prayer. Father Yahweh, I just, I thank you so much again for this wonderful blessing of this time together with fellow believers that we have the freedom and the privilege to be able to do this, to be able to delve into your word, to receive your word, and to share your word. I pray, Father, that so many will have their eyes opened to that privilege and take full advantage of it. I pray at this time that you will please just touch every heart and every mind of every single person that's listening to this move in a mighty way, that you will just use your words and ours to tell them exactly what it is that they need to hear, to address whatever situation that they are facing right now, they will just hear it in a very unique way that you have tailored it to them. I pray that you will please just bless each and every one of them, heal any hurts that they are dealing with. Clarify any situations that they are facing. Remove any fogs of disillusionment that are covering their eyes. I pray that you will just please give them comfort and give them mercy in exactly the way that they need. And I just thank you for all of that that you do each and every single day. I pray that you would just bless this study. And bless each person here. And I ask all of this in Jesus' it's precious and mighty name. Amen. Mm-hmm. And I told your dad this would happen. Do you hear? I oh, know. <laughs> it never fails. <clears throat> never fails. So the I'm hoping so. <laughs> I do apologize, guys. I, I've been dealing with some sinus issues the past two days, and today it seems to be a mixture of coughing and losing my voice. And my nose trying to run, so I'm really hoping to not do that while I'm teaching. But if it does, I will keep plowing through anyway. So, that being said, Psalms chapter 7. Okay, so <clears throat> on this particular chapter, um, I've told y'all many times, I use a different Bible. Um, I am reading from the scriptures you are going to notice a little more differences than usual in this particular chapter. Um, Most of them, it's not that big a deal. Um, There is one that I made a note of. I actually went and did a word study to understand the difference, and I'm going to share that with you. Um, But just in case, you know, for any that have not watched before and do not realize, I don't want you to be confused. What in the world is she talking about? I am using a different version than most of you probably are. Okay, so, <clears throat> starting with verse 1. O Yahweh, my Elohim, in you I have taken refuge. Save me from all my pursuers, and deliver me. Well,
1: actually, there was a bit of, you know, there was a in the background. Online. Okay. And... Um, but, one, for one thing, I like the way that they put it. They said that he, uh, it was a song that he sang <laughs> Oh yeah, I do
0: recall reading that
1: in my, because I compare my versions, yes. I'm actually wondering where they had the information that it's not in here. I don't know. But I liked the note of it that it reaffirmed music as an accepted vessel for prayer, and it said that he was prompted Uh, to sing this and pray this by the words of Cush of Benjaminite, Hmm. and um, there is no Cush of Benjaminite spoken of uh, in scripture, so um, this could be a person that we don't know, or I wonder if for some reason they had a different name. Sometimes people in the Bible do have multiple names and causes confusion occasionally. But I recall a place called Kush, yeah, <laughs> but not a person. Okay, I believe that was a region near Egypt. But uh, I had to wonder if this was either a person we didn't know or if uh, it was another name for someone we did because he he's had some um, misfortune with the Knights. Uh, Saul <laughs> was the Benjamin Knight, and um, he obviously I feel like there's a kind of a, a theme. False accusation once again. So, uh Shimei was a Benjaminite, and then Saul kind of like had it and built up, you know, that David was doing something to him, and that was kind of a false accusation. He was highly but, like, parent. <laughs> <and> he really <laughs> was. And regardless, they, you know, they were both sort of enemies of his, and they both came to my mind. But I just thought, oh, that was an interesting thing. I'd like to know more. But he's, once again, he's calling for you to rescue him, and preserve him, and he's, you know, his refuge is the most faithful refuge we have, but I think we touched on this before, is just the layers of his protection is, you know, on a physical layer, on a spiritual layer, on a mental layer, whether we are dealing with physical threats or, you know, things that are just chaos going on in our own spirit. To our mind, he is our refuge from all of that. That's the safest place we can go. besides any of those things. Exactly. <laughs> it's the best place to go. <laughs> yeah, even if you don't feel like you have a, a physical place to run to, you do, in a way. <laughs> no matter which sort of attack it is that you're facing. So that just got me musing on that a bit.
0: Well, I, I too. Kind of honed in on the different forms of it, because um, yes, I agree, he was, he was seeking refuge and deliverance. Um, but um, <clears throat> excuse me, I really honed in on because with my version, I know that that Yahweh says different, but mine says save me from all my pursuers. Okay, I believe in yours or the King James version. It says in the east. Or maybe it says adversaries. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it was enemies.
1: Mine does um, say pursuers.
0: Oh, yours does? Okay. I find that yours is closer to mine than the King
1: James Version. Yeah, the CSB is a closer translation than like that.
0: Well, I thought it was interesting, the term pursuers, because I get, you know, that basically it's saying the same thing. But um, to me, I thought pursuers painted a better picture because the enemy pursues us. He pursues us and as we go further into the chapter you're going to hear a key thing about that where yahweh is concerned but the enemy pursues us so make no mistake about that he, he's not going to just you know do one little thing he, he's going to continue at you and he's going to try different methods and if he can't get you this way he's going to come at you another way until he figures out you know how he can bring you down so yes as you were saying several different ways through people through thoughts, through circumstances, through uh, finances—it doesn't matter. He's going to find a way. He's going to pursue you, and he just keeps coming at you at all angles. So, what did David do? He sought refuge in sanctuary in Yahweh. He asked him for deliverance, as only, as only he can do. And and that's mm-hmm. our thing. Only he can give us that. We can go and tell anybody and everybody that we want. We can go seek sanctuary or refuge in a physical place as you said but none of this is going to deliver us completely from our pursuers the way that he can he's the only one that can do that so I feel like this is where we've opened up at is that once again David is showing us the first thing we should do
1: when we find ourselves
0: being pursued by the enemy first thing we should do
1: And Miss Diane watching.
0: Oh, hey, Diane. Happy birthday, everybody. It is her birthday today. Um, So feel free to join me in wishing her a very happy birthday. I feel very honored and privileged that you're spending it with us. (laughs) So um, moving on to verse 2. Okay, it says, Lest they tear at my throat like a lion. Rending in pieces with no one to deliver. Now, Sierra and I had joked a little bit about this when we were reading it, that, you know, again, David can be a little dramatic at times. But as I began to meditate on it a little bit more and to ponder on it, um, I kind of, took a little more meaning from that. I also noticed, once again, there was a little bit of a discrepancy in the wording of that in mine versus the King James, and um, I found that it highlighted this one a little
1: more, but I'm going to let you share what you have first and I'll get into that. Well, I like a lot of the use of vivid imagery in this one. I always like when they bring that out. and. Yes, that does have, uh, multiple levels of meaning here. We get a sense once again of what he's feeling, um, you know, he basically feels like a lion might as well be coming after him, and he mentioned, you know, uh, with no one to rescue him, like, because if he didn't have Yahweh to turn to, he would feel completely alone in this, and it did make me wonder, once again, if it was connected to what we've been talking about, like, just about everybody was after him. Yeah. But he's comparing these enemies, these pursuers, to a lion. So they're, you know, they're vicious, merciless. They don't listen to reason. Um, it goes with pursuers. Yeah, they're, mm. they're hunting you down. They're tracking you down. Exactly. <laughs> and I think one of the reasons that he went to this lion imagery is because your David was a shepherd, and he literally rescued lambs from the mouth of lions. I think they mentioned before that like he took on like a lion and a bear in his hands. <laughs> he fought, you know, to save those lambs. So we also know from Psalm 21 that, uh, you know, he compares him to his shepherd. So, he, he obviously already feels that way. He knows what it's like to you know, to rescue the lamb and you care about um, a beast like that. So he knows that that's what God does for him.
0: are talking about Lord, is my i one. I think that's 23. Oh, not sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm not very good at. <laughs> There's very few that I am, but I'm about 99.9% sure. That I'm just oh, no big nice. deal though. I know what you're referring to, and you're right. He does. He refers to him, and that that's a very good point. You know, because again, we find so often throughout Scripture that they use things that they can relate to, and that others can relate to to. Uh, To teach a point, you know, and yes, he was a shepherd and many, many of them during those times were shepherds, so they would understand the real um, threat that a lion would be, the fear that that would put in your heart, um, and that the shepherd is what fights off those lions and protects him, so he's going to a shepherd.
1: Very good. I I didn't catch that. (laughs) Very good. I'm, I get a lot more meaning, I think, from the, the imagery, actually. Just how it resonates with me. And yes, it's 23. I think everybody knew that. except <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> As I said,
0: I, I'm not big on remembering the exact places. I remember the verses. I usually remember the book. I don't, I'm not really good at remembering the, the exact verses. But that one, I think it's just it's been drilled in my head since childhood to uh,
1: remember that one. I'm excited when we get to that one because I uh, yeah, I read some of the things that Words of the White had on that and it really opened yeah. up a lot of new. Yeah.
0: Um I've come across a lot of future versions that we will be covering that um I have either written down myself or I've found them in devotion. I'm like, oh I can't wait till we get to that one. <laughs> but yeah. Um there's just so much depth in the book of Psalms because it's just so personal, and it's so emotional, and it's so, um, relational. You know, we, we can relate to this so well, um, that you could just, I don't think you can ever get tired of it. At least not for me. I don't know. <laughs> um, did you have more to that? Okay. Well, like I said there, I did discover a difference, because when I read through, I do compare the scripture and the King James. Um, the the difference that I found with the tearing at the throat. So I always try to look for a significance when there is a difference. Um, and, again, it doesn't really make a difference in the actual meaning, but to me it kind of pointed out to me going for the throat. Okay? that He's, he's talking about them going for his throat. You know, when you think about it, when somebody says they're going for the throat, it's a sure death.
1: Kill, exactly.
0: Source. Mine doesn't say that either. Yeah. To me, I'm like that. That's sure that they're going in for the kill. Okay. That that's the point. Um, and you recall earlier, um, we had talked about murder not just being physical, but including reputation and esteem as well. Which later on in the chapter he talks about this. But we also talked about it in previous. If it's connected as we're thinking it might have been, that they were going after his reputation. Okay. They were going after his esteem. His his you know, um, so to me, you know, we talked about how murder could be more than that. And I thought that perhaps the whole tear at the throat thing was him saying they they're literally going in for the kill. You know, they're not just trying to make things bad for him, they're not just trying to hurt him or harm him, they're going for the throat. Okay.
1: That's important wording.
0: I thought so. That's why I wanted to note it. Um, so generally when I find anything that's slightly different, I like to look into it more and, and figure out why. Why is there a difference here? Um, and like so, a lot of time it doesn't exactly change the meaning. It just clarifies things more. To me, it just it. it, it I've always heard with the Hebrew, and that's what this particular
1: translation
0: is, that it, it's taking it straight from the Hebrew, and a lot of the Hebrew is left hand. I've always been told that the Hebrew language paints a picture. And to me when I notice any differences between this and other translations, that's the main difference that I note. that it paints a picture It clarifies the situation a little bit more so that you better understand Where they're at and what they're coming from and so I I just kind of thought that this showed that um This is not a minor situation, you know, he's Talking about this lion. Okay. He's painting them as a lion. This lion is coming after him, and it's going for the throat. The lions do that, right? You, I mean, we've all probably seen those documentaries or, you know, um, pictures or whatever. When a lion goes in for the kill, it goes for the throat. So I, I just kind of figured that's what he was saying here, is that they're not just trying to harm him or hurt him. They're going for the throat, and, and that's why he's seeking this deliverance. He's seeking this refuge. He wants... Yahweh to understand that they're not just playing around here, you know. (laughs) They're they're going in for the kill. So, going on, um, I combined three through five. Um, You did the same? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, we're going to go on to read three through five, and it says, O Yahweh, my Elohim, if I have done this, if there is unrighteousness in my hand, if I have done evil to him who was at peace with me, or have plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue me and overtake my being, and trample my life to the ground, and lay my esteem in the dust. Selah.
1: Some things get really interesting.
0: Yeah, but very admirable. Again, perfect example. There's
1: a lot of honor. Because this would fit with the, the theme of the false accusation by his enemies. The question seems to be whether or not David has brought this upon himself by wouldn't and, and so he, like, mentions, you know, a couple of things that he could have done, or what he is clarifying is that he's confident that he hasn't, like, uh, harming someone that you're at peace with. You know, that's, that would constitute treachery. Um, it also reminded me of uh, Saul once again, you know, he considered him, himself at peace with Saul and then Saul was just like, oh no, you're against me, and I'm against you, and it got kind of crazy. Um, plundering uh, his enemies without cause, I thought of a few times where he had been like, raiding these Philistine territories and where he plundered them and he would seen them, they were enemies of Gali. and. Uh, to uh, to plunder without cause might, you know, speak of just a penchant for violence or revenge, um, taking things into your own hands. So he was kind of covering the bases and he's just inviting the to search him.
0: Exactly. Because he can
1: see all those things inside. Like he's he's committing that to his hands because he's the ultimate judge. He's the only one whose verdict actually matters. Exactly. And who can
0: really see the truth of the matter right. that no one else
1: can see. Yes, he's asking him for, he's inviting him to search him, his actions and motives and to judge him accordingly. And he, he stirred up like, he believes he deserves it to to him with his Wyatt, he, he just has this sense of integrity, and he believes that he would deserve his honor to be left in the darkness. he says, a little more of the lion, to him down. whether that was physical or, or with his honor, or love, and and that kind of sets up the theme for the song as it continues.
0: Exactly. <clears throat> that that's my whole thing is he's basically he's saying, If I'm guilty, let me get what I deserve. That's what I th- that in a nutshell is what this is saying. Um, he's not asking Yahweh to let him get away with something and get him out of this. He's saying, I believe if I'm or excuse me, I think at this point he has a confidence in his innocence. He's saying, I believe I'm innocent. But, search my heart. Yeah. And if you find me guilty, let me get what I deserve. Um, and I'm just kind of like, I sat back and I'm just like, wow. Because have you ever done that? I've never done that. <laughs> I've never done that. You know, I'm just kind of like, wow. Um, because that's just it. We know that that God is omniscient. We know that he, he, he's able to see everything he's aware of everything he knows everything and he can see right down to the very inner core of us so if there's anything (laughs) that we're not a hundred percent pure on you know he's going to see it and so to invite him to let us receive whatever we deserve because of that, that that's a major that's a gutsy move there that's a very gutsy move but it does show you as you said the integrity of David It shows you the the clear integrity here. Um, And so he invites him in, and he tells him, you know, search my heart. See if I've done anything that I shouldn't have. If I've done any of the things that they're accusing me of. If I've brought this on myself, then let me have what I deserve. Um, And I thought to myself, my next thing was because... I uh, asked myself, you know, have I ever done that? Right. <laughs> you know? I yeah, uh, I think back and I'm, I'm like glad that he did do what I deserve. Exactly. 20. So we are, how often are we like I'm so grateful for God's grace because I didn't deserve that. Totally didn't deserve that. But because I had that thought, my next thought was then why would he? And that led me to the whole reason that Yahweh chastises us or disciplines us in the first place. Why? To learn. To grow. To be right with him. Um, Which he, you know, when we study David. One of the reasons why I think uh, he is such a good person to study and to learn from. He shows over and over again that his greatest desire is to learn and grow and be right with Yahweh. He wants to make him happy. He wants to be right with him. Every time that he starts to find that he's not right with him, as we learned last week, he was in such despair when he felt separated from him. He felt apart from him. And he did everything he could to get things back right with him. And we see that over and over again. So he was willing to say, search my heart, give me what I deserve, I believe in order so that he could learn and grow and be right with him again, in case he wasn't, you know? And I thought to myself, again, what an amazing thing that is, the character and integrity of a person that is willing to just lay it all out there and say, let me have whatever I deserve so that you can grow in him and be right with him. And I believe ultimately this is what makes him a man after God's own heart that you are willing to do that you just lay it all out there on the line and say go ahead search me give me whatever i deserve whatever i need because i want so badly to be right with you i want so badly to be the person that you created me to be and if i'm not doing that if i am not that person have your way and I feel like that's what he's doing here. And I'm just, once again, I sit back and I'm like, I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to be in that place. I want to have such that ultimate love for him that I'm willing to take whatever he gives me to be what he created me to be. And just that little section of verses it was just like, that's what it said to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a very deep concept there by yeah. digging deeper. That that is the way we usually find more meaning in a passage or of anything is by like asking questions and looking at that and so often we don't. And like that's an amazing thing that like I've missed and probably a lot of people have. Well,
0: that's one of the reasons I, I like so
1: much it's difficult sometimes but I like
0: so much to just take it a few verses at a time because yes, We often don't ask the questions because we've already moved on to the next part of the chapter, the story, so to speak. And so our minds automatically jump to that. But if you just keep it at that small verse or two at the time, then, yeah, you're left asking questions. And when I automatically had that thought of, I've never done that, to me, a natural response is, well, why wouldn't he do that? Why would anybody Maybe. do that? Why would you open yourself up to the punishment and wrath of Yahweh?
1: Especially because they <laughs> start talking about his
0: wrath. Exactly. It's
1: not pretty at all.
0: <laughs> it's really not pretty at all. And no one is more aware of this than David as we've seen in previous chapters. He's very well aware of what Yahweh is capable of. But he laid it out there, and like I said to me, this is ultimately why Yahweh looks at him that in spite of the things he's done and there are some major things. In spite of the things he's done, he still says he's a man after his own heart. Why? Because even when he's done this, he lays it all out there and tells him do what you need to do because I want to be right with you. I want to be who you created. me to be. I want to be who you say I am. And I want to be that, too. <laughs> and when I read that, I just thought, wow, <laughs> I want to be that, too. So, yeah, I found those few little verses very impactful.
1: <laughs> the blessings about David are usually about him finding the but there's
0: so, so much, much more to his character in his life. So much more. There, there is a major depth to him there. And he said, yeah, sometimes he can be a little on the dramatic side, but I think that that dramaticness is his It's his passion for Yahweh and his passion for living the life that he was put here to live. Um, And I think that, again, you know, you also have to think about the fact these are his prayers. Your prayers should be passionate. If your prayers aren't full of passion, then you're not praying right. You know, and and that's honestly the way I feel. If you catch yourself in a prayer and it just sounds like you're reciting something, then you need to stop and start all over it because your prayers should be full of passion. that's what they were meant to do. Um, and, and David shows that. there's not one of these that you can read and not get a clear sense of some form of passion there. Whether it's passionate confidence or desperation or uh, pleading, you know whatever there, there's some form of passion in every one of these he feels what he's saying every
1: single time. It's an emotional investment, and it's also very purposeful and intentional of what he's asked to say.
0: And you can literally see him working it through, from beginning to end, and you wouldn't be able to see that, except that it's expressed in his feelings and his emotions. You can follow it from beginning to end, and it paints such a clear picture of what we should be doing, you know? Like you had said in one of our previous studies, um, If you're not getting up with that sense of confidence and peace, then you didn't really hand it over. You didn't really work it out. And you go back and do it again. <laughs> and do it the right way this uh, time. <laughs> you know? Something didn't come out right there. Um, because you've put it into the expert's hands. And so if you're not feeling that sense of peace, then then you probably took it right back out. Or you didn't fully put it into it.
1: But
0: uh, anyway, um, moving on to verse six, it says, "Arise, O Yahweh, in your displeasure, lift yourself up against the rage of my adversaries, and awake for me; you shall command
1: judgment." We're moving on to the back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Prepare yourself for that. <laughs> he knows that Yahweh is righteous and that his anger is stirred up with wickedness. He knows how he can feel about this, And he knows that wickedness is punished. Over him. So he's putting in the ball in his court. You know, you can just look at some of the verbs there. It's like, it's wanting him to act on that anger that he knows he has about this rise up, lift yourself up, and wait. And we know that he's always working, but, um, from our perspective, sometimes it can seem like he's asleep, or he's dormant, and once again you can, you know, see his, his thought process and his, his, emotions, they're just asking him to, to rise up here. And I like how they, um, hang on, well, I think I'm moving to one of those things. v one
0: Sorry, I combined mine. Oh, that's okay. If you want to wait, I'll just cover mine real quickly and then move on because I combined seven through nine. Okay. <laughs> Do that? <laughs> okay. Alright, well, I had a little notation in my commentary from the King James Version on that one that this was looked at at that time with a battle cry. And I found that very intriguing. A battle cry. A battle cry when he tells him to rise up. Um, I kind of got that at this point, you know, he's already asked him to search him. And, you know, I I felt that he had a very, he was very confident that he was innocent. That he was pure in this. So therefore, he's he's giving a battle cry. He's ready to fight. He's ready to battle his enemies. And he knows who to ask to fight for him. He knows this is the best person he can come to. And he's showing complete confidence in this. Um, and in Yahweh's capabilities. Most importantly, though, as he just preceded this with asking him to search him and to allow him to have, you know, whatever he deserved, I think it also shows his confidence in Yahweh's willingness to fight for him. That he's looking at him and what he's done. He's looking at these enemies and what they've done. And as you said, he is aware that his anger would be stirred by this. Um, he's aware of what he is capable of and so he's calling him up to help him to fight for him. He's asking me, like, look, this is what's going on. This is what they're doing. They are going for the throat. If I've done anything, let me get what I deserve. But if I have not, fight for me. Take care of this. Stop this. because." Only he is capable of doing that. He recognizes that. He knows that. He can't do it on his own. He needs him. And so he's going to him and he's calling him. Fight for me. So I think he's showing a confidence in his innocence. I think he's showing a confidence in God's character, his judgment, you know, um, what he normally does, you know, situationally. And he's showing a confidence that, you know, in his his innocence... God's abilities and His willingness, based off of His character, um, to fight for Him. So I thought the whole battle cry thing. I thought, you know, I, would, I probably wouldn't have picked up on that, but that—that that is kind of what He's doing there. He's He's ready to fight. He's ready to battle, and He's calling Yahweh to battle for Him. So, I thought that was kind of cool. (laughs) That
1: that confidence and conviction has reached a peak a lot quicker this
0: time. It really has, and I think that continues to show that he's very confident in his innocence. You know, he he was willing to put it out there. Um, But he was very confident in his innocence in this particular situation. Otherwise, I don't think he would have done either one of those (laughs) things. But, um, I think that really came through in that verse. So, um, like I said, I did combine seven so I'll go ahead and read that Um, and let the congregation of the peoples gather about you and over them return on high Yahweh judges the peoples judge me O Yahweh according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me please let the evil of the wrong be ended and establish the righteous for the righteous Elohim is a trier of hearts and kidneys
1: I think that's what we all hope for.
0: Yeah, but I noted once again, he did ask him to judge him again. Not just them, but to also judge him again. So not just once, y'all, but twice. Twice.
1: Judge me. You know, Get <laughs> what I deserve. He I mean, didn't regret it. <laughs> no. again. I'm now thinking... I, mean, I was gonna say was the last one. Nothing okay. against. tell us what you got. So say about to, like lift up- lift yourself up against the fury of my adversaries and I just like the- the thought of like, it was his fury against theirs. <laughs> like, um, who do you think is going to win? <laughs> yeah. So she said, get him, Lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you but you're sorry you messed
0: with me. Have you met my father? Exactly. <laughs> that is, exactly. That is how they feel,
1: I believe.
0: That's how we should all feel. Exactly. I I think so often we we overlook what we have access to. So I say he comes off with his confidence when he remembers. When he walks, works through this and he reminds himself of what Yahweh is capable of and what he has access to, that's why I think he comes out so pumped. And we so often forget that, too. We forget that we have a Father who we have complete access to who is capable of anything, and we could so easily do the same thing, you know? And, yes, we could... have you met my father do you know what he's capable of have you seen him at work (laughs) because you about to they probably haven't no sadly they probably haven't or they don't know him well enough to truly be afraid but we do have the right and the power to do that and we so often don't take advantage of it because we forget and that's why i say again we should all be praying like david In a way that we remind ourselves on a daily basis of who he is, what he's capable of, and that we have full access to him and his power. And I love that David's so confident about it, and that's basically what she just said. That's what he's saying. (laughs) (laughs) Go get him, Daddy.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: It, it, it's simplistic, but that's just, it is so powerful in how
1: simplistic it is. I believe someone said that, um, that the majesty of the Bible is the majesty of simplicity. I agree. Like how it states things so clearly, but has so much meaning.
0: We try to overcomplicate it. I think we do. Mm -hmm. We try to
1: overcomplicate
0: it. And really, it's so simple. Um, I mean, again, you know, they they try to use ways of phrasing it on a level where people can relate and understand. And we tend to try to make it into something that it isn't. But it is so easy (laughs) when you you truly, you know, especially, like I said, when we break it down into just a few things at a time. Um, And when you apply it. You know, you you can suddenly just see it so clearly, and it really is powerful in how simple it is. And there are so many
1: layers, (laughs) and I
0: love that. I love that about it. And I love how it's tailored and it says something different to each and every one of us because he's speaking through it directly to what we need.
1: It really is like art. Yeah, a lot of 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 paintings, for instance, um, they have their impact is derived from. The simplicity, the uh, omission of unnecessary details and distract from what you're really trying to portray and say. And people do get kind of different feelings and interpretations from that. It often has to do with their outlook or experience. It calls them
0: I've kind of noticed the same thing about removing some of the details. Um, and, and I think that again is one thing where it shows that Yahweh knows his children so well. He knows our penchant for chasing after the details and going on rabbit trails and missing the point. (laughs) Exactly. He knew that in advance, and I think that's why when we later find out details that went along with stories, we're always kind of like, well, why was that left out? That's why it was left out, because we got so caught up in those details that we missed the point that he was trying to make.
1: It doesn't matter who she is.
0: Exactly. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you want to go jot those down on your own and find out, which sometimes I do, that's great. But don't miss the point in the meantime. And I think he just wants to tell us the point because he knows how we are. We'll get so sidetracked in all the details that we miss what he was trying to teach us. Um, And I love that he knows us that well. And I love that you find things like that that show us without a doubt he knows us that well. And he knew this long ago. (laughs) <laughs> that
1: we were going to be like that.
0: And he made adjustments for it. You know. Same way as any parent would when they know what their children, you know, what their character is, their personalities are, and, and you know, you try to adjust according to that in the way that, you know, being a homeschooling mom, every child has a different learning style. And every child has different... um habits and tendencies and you try to adjust how you teach them according to that in a way that they will learn that and I feel like he did that and the way that he wrote his word. True. Um, <clears throat>
1: anyway, that <go> one. <laughs> <Just go. laughs> well, after the topic of judgment has come up, it's kind of like moving to the judicial scene that recognizes Yahweh as the ultimate judge. He's the one who, once again, whose verdict really matters. And who's taking his seat on high kind of represents the sovereignty of the people. He's on that that higher plane that we talked about before the others, once again. And David is confident of his innocence here. He's not taking pains to defend himself, he's just committing it to him. He's got the final word. And his, um, his, his prayer about about the evil maker, just letting the, the evilness end off and the righteousness be established that we all hope to see one day. Um I mean, he's he's praying in agreement because right? he's praying in keeping with Yahweh's plan for good. It kinda calls to mind once again the the two ways of Psalm one. And like wickedness, no matter how long it seems to continue, it's gonna reach a definite end. But righteousness is you know, it's built to last. It's gonna be established forever there's gonna be a time when there's the only thing left. And the reason for that I feel like it is promptly given because because he's a righteous God. he's a righteous judge. That's right. exactly. the, been, the, name of the king. That's all he's
0: capable of, you know. <laughs> that that's what he is, you know, he is righteousness
1: itself, therefore he's he's called one who examines our hearts and kidneys. <laughs> and and like, I will get into that, by the way. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure she's gonna have a great that. But, yeah, I don't know if yours said anything about that. But mine, what it initially said was the one who examines the thoughts and emotions. But it has a note that the literal meaning is examines hearts and kidneys. Um, I found there was another song later on, which was 139, um, which is the whole one about it, beautifully and wonderfully made. Um, that once again had a word that they translated differently, but they said the actual meaning was kidneys, and it was, I believe, um, like innermost parts. Mm-hmm. So, what I would take from that is that he can see and search even those innermost parts. He knows us. So intimately it's his omniscience he can discern all the hidden parts of us, whether that's thoughts or motives or just what's going on inside. And that's what qualifies him to be that open to judge. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We can't even do that for ourselves, much less just let someone else do it when it comes to something like that. Exactly.
0: And and that's where once again, like I said, the 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 slight discrepancy, um I don't really want to go on the That's it. I want,
1: oh, I want to hear what you're going. Like
0: you're going. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, like I said, I did note that discrepancy, and usually um, I can kind of figure out where they're going for. But This one threw me because I understand in the King James Version it, it says mind and i was like okay how in the world <laughs> does kidney compare to mind you know I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this so i finally decided to go look it up and found out that the hebrew word for it and yes i have notes here the hebrew word <clears throat> is actually kilyah, which means the same as the word it says reigns with us the kidney it means the kidney okay um, so that's why it was translated that way. And basically what Sierra said is, is it in a nutshell. This just goes into a little bit deeper. And um, it says, From some cause, the Hebrews seem to have regarded the reins as the seat of the affections and passions, which is what you were saying that you were said passions, though perhaps only in the sense that they thus spoke of the inward parts and meant to denote the deepest purposes of the soul as if utterly concealed from the eye. Kind of like what you were saying, where, you know, no one else can see A lot of times I took it, we can even hide it from ourselves. We can convince ourselves that we don't feel a certain way, or we don't think a certain way. And that's why I, again, was so wow of what David was doing, because I think David recognized that he could even be hiding it from himself. So he wanted Yahweh to be the judge of that. And, and that's what this was, was saying. It's like the deepest purposes of the soul as it utterly concealed from the eye. These deep thoughts and feelings so unknown to other people are all known intimately to God. And thus the character of every man is clearly understood by him. The character of every man is clearly understood by him and he can judge every man aright. The phrase used here of trying the hearts and reins or kidneys is one that is often employed to describe the omniscience of God, which is what you were saying. Um, The particular idea here is that as God searches the hearts of all people and understands the secret purposes of the soul, he is able to judge aright and determine correctly in regard to their character or to administer his government on the principles of exact justice. Such is the ground of the prayer in this case that God, who knew the character of all people, would confirm those who are truly righteous and would bring the wickedness of the ungodly to an end. And so, I'm looking, I'm thinking to myself, this, like, opens up a whole other picture for me. There's one thing to say um, to, you know, that particular verse. Let me go back to that particular verse where it says um, to, try their hearts and their minds. Okay, we get that we're talking about the fact that God is omniscient. But I, to me, hearts and minds means their thoughts, what they're thinking. He knows their inner thoughts and what they're thinking. But to talk about, and that one phrase, and I see it got you too. It did the same thing to me. The deepest purposes of the soul. To me, that takes it to a whole new level than just what's in your mind. Why? Because we're aware of what's in our mind. We might be hiding it from other people. We might even be really good at hiding it from other people, but we can't hide that from ourselves. But those inner purposes of the soul, we can even hide that from ourselves. We can convince ourselves that we don't feel a certain way, that we wouldn't do a certain thing, um, that we would never think that way. You know, that, that's a whole different level to me, that only the Yahweh see these things. Only he knows these things. Only he can pull those out to the forefront and make it seen and known. And so therefore, yes, he is the ultimate judge and the only one who can judge truly and perfectly according to a man's righteousness, according to his integrity, according to his character, because man cannot see these things. And to me, the different level that it brought out is that even we can't see these things, which is why David kept asking him to search him and judge him, too, because I think he was recognizing I might even be deceiving myself there. <clears throat> I might not even be aware of my true motives here. Um, so to me, that, that one change from mind to
1: kidney made up a whole different level. <laughs> yes, you know these. I mean, if- I'm sure when they were working on these translations, they were like, well, that's not going to make any sense. They were just talking (laughs) about thoughts and feelings, so let's just turn it to that. It'll make more sense. But they really missed the mark of a really important part of
0: that. I think so. It it just puts it on a whole different level. And, you know, for me, I think the reason why that's such a big deal is because think about it. It's one of those things where, again, we kind of know that God knows what we're doing. He knows what we're thinking, but think about how much of a, wow, I really need to check myself level, it puts it, when you hear that he knows the deepest purposes of your soul, that even you might not even be aware that you're feeling or you're contemplating. You know, it, it just really makes you want to to search that, and, and like David's doing Rather search me and show me if there's something in there that I'm not aware of so I can fix it so I can fix it and be completely right with you because there might be something there that I'm not even aware of and I never would have taken it to that level just reading mind I mean we kind of all already know that and we just it doesn't mean we live according to that a lot of times we forget that too but That one just kind of had a wow factor for me, a sit back and wow, you need to think about that. You need to pray about that. (laughs) You need to do something about that. And I'm not sure, but that's not what, like I said, David's whole point and purpose was in in laying it out there, was that he was recognizing the fact that he was pretty confident he was innocentness, but he was recognizing that he could have been deceived of it himself. He was seeing it. And so if that was the case, he wanted y'all and show him um, So yeah, just the, the, the change of kidneys. <laughs> the word kidneys is very profound today, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the word is, is important. It has meaning. If, if there's a meaning that it had at that time that it doesn't now, you've got to be able to get into that context to so understand it.
0: Seriously, the Hebrew language is a beautiful language. There's so much
1: depth to it. It's like a
0: whole picture and story in each and every word. And so when I come across one was like, that just doesn't quite fit in the English-speaking world, I like to go look it up and find out what did it actually mean. Um, and again, that's why I like this translation so much. There's just so much more there. And again, I, I don't want to offend anybody because there's nothing wrong with what the King James Version says. I'm not saying that it's not right or that it's not true. There's just more of a depth to the original Hebrew text that I guess at that time you couldn't make a good translation in the English-speaking language. There weren't really the words to translate that to, so they did the best they could with it. Um, I don't know.
1: That's just me, though. (laughs) <laughs> when we talk about these discrepancies, if, if any of these these meanings that we've just discovered for ourselves these original meanings have impacted you at all and made you say wow and opened up a new meaning to you in a verse, then really think about that and consider that you know um, in any of you I don't know how much it's made you really want to get into a more faithful translation, but if if you've had any wow moments like that, it could give you an idea of how, just how much yeah. impact that actually has.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I don't even say, you know, stop using your King James. I still use my King James Version It's the study Bible. I like to look at the commentaries and things like that. Um, this particular Bible does not have that. I just like to read it for my personal reading, and, and I like to use it for my teaching because that's in there. Um. So, again, please no one take offense and think that I'm saying the King James Version is wrong or is bad. I'm not saying that at all. Um, <clears throat> I just like to to get these deeper meanings that I'm getting from the Hebrew language. Okay, so moving on to verses 10 through 12. I combined 10 through 12 online. Um, and I lost my place? Oh, there I am. My shield is upon Elohim who saves the upright in heart. Elohim is a righteous judge, and El is enraged every day. If one does not repent, he sharpens his sword, he bends his bow, and makes it ready.
1: Now we're into the real wrath. Yes. Yes, but like I was saying, we've spoken like that. Righteousness is prime characteristic, and the wrath is just as much a characteristic as the mercy. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people forget that. Right. So this is a bit of a a wake up call if you've had in a few before, and, well I should start with the shield part first, I like that. Saying that the shield is upon him, that kind of makes me think like his, the shield, his, you know, security and his protection is inseparable. From Yahweh, it's one and the same. If one is there, the other is there. He doesn't have any true security of protection apart from Him. I mean, he's trusting Him to, to be that shield bearer for him. He's the one that he has that trust in, and he has his, his righteousness. And we trust Him if He saves the upright in heart, I promise. And you know, as believers, we have that ultimate security, and. Yeah, it's just really setting up once again the judicial idea and a judge who acquits and condemns and just the the comment of him being enraged every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not surprised <laughs> That's a scary about. thought. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't be surprised, um, to hear that if you actually think about it. And just knowing the enraging things that we know already and do that time like a billion because we don't know like he knows exactly. We don't know more about these specific things. We don't know what else is going on in the entire world. The things that he knows and then about.
0: that he even knows the inner parts of these people yes. that we can't see. Yeah, I mean I've actually I've mentioned this several times when <clears throat> speaking to him. my husband. Okay, we all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? We know what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah based on what they did Now think about our world right now Just what we know of as you said What's going on in our world right now is far worse than what was actually happening in Sodom and Gomorrah There is more happening in our world right now people are doing worse things Than what was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah and we saw what he did to them so, yeah, I can only imagine how enraged he is every single day um, at what he's saying, and I shudder to think of the wrath that he's going to deliver. I don't
1: know. He yes. You can see, he hates sin more than any of us. And he can see straight to just the wickedness that's inside somebody, and, and it's sad, and it's enraging, and I, I can understand, even though I can't fully understand what it's actually be like for him. Yeah. So I can, I can, but I can't. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a vital part along with the mercy because if we want that to be true about the righteous being established forever and the, the evilness of being cut off that can't be done without his wrath." Uh, it goes into some some pictorial detail. Uh, he's, he's got all these, uh, these deadly these poised weapons ready, mm-hmm. uh, as David is putting it, and, and these weapons in the hands of the ultimate judge and creator pointed at you is terrifying, and that's the point! Yeah. <laughs> Don't miss <laughs> the point! Exactly. <laughs> he, he's loving, that's true, but he he doesn't tolerate sin. And who's in the line of attack is anyone who doesn't repent. So the just the unspeakably important the message of salvation I and mean, to, to accept that and repent is really vividly understood here. I think there was a passage like that in one of the others that, mm-hmm. that made me think about that and it it was like that again it's not
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. However, I did, I got a different take on the shield thing because of the wording. <clears throat> um, let me go back to verse 10 here. when He says, my shield is upon Elohim. Okay, I, I, I see your point. I just didn't get that take. Um, but yes, I see how that could work too. Um, my take was that, you know, he was saying, if I say it, like, for instance, let's say we were going into a battle, okay? And my shield was upon you. I kind of took it that he was saying he was on the side of Elohim. He was on his side. Um, know, wouldn't you want to be? <laughs> <laughs> he was on his side. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm kind of like, you know, if you weren't sure you wanted to be on his side, just read the rest of the, the- <laughs> The verses. Read the rest of this chapter. You'll be sure which side which you want to be on. But I took it that he was saying he's on his side because he's a righteous judge. And he's angered every day at all the wickedness that he sees. Okay, so he, he's choosing to be on his side with this. And don't miss, you know, as she was saying, um she was talking about the fact that yes, his his mercy, his grace is at big part of his character but don't miss that he is a warrior he is a divine and mighty warrior and people often want to forget that part they want to leave that part out um he is mighty and he is powerful and yes if you do not repent he's making his weapons ready for you (laughs) okay yes david was clarifying that if you are one of the people that is enraging him, if you are, are doing wickedness, if that is what he is seeing in your innermost parts, and you're not repenting of this, he's making his weapons ready for you. And yeah, that's a scary place to be. That's a very scary place to be. But the good thing is you can do something about that once you see that and you recognize that. Um, you can do something about that, and that's, that's what David is saying. Um, but yeah, I, I think that could work both ways with ours. That yes, his his shield is, you
1: know, they're 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 together. I guess know, if you've got the shield you've got to get behind
0: him. True. Very true. Very true. Either way, I think it comes out to the same thing that we know they're united, they're together, they're on the same side, and that's where we want to be. <laughs> okay. This is where we want to be, and you can only achieve that by being right. And that involves your integrity and your character. Um, you you want to call him into battle for you, you have to be right with him. You have to be on the right side. You, you don't want to call his wrath onto you. i <laughs> sure <not. laughs> but, um, yeah, that. But, yeah, that is what I got from that. Was he was basically um, making it clear that you need to repent. Or, you know, he is a warrior. Don't forget the fact that he is a mighty warrior, and he does have um, some pretty impressive wrath. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is nothing more powerful than him, and um, I don't want to be on the receiving end of that wrath, I can tell you.
1: I've been going in be impressionable when she's good. Yeah. Don't. And, and, you know, don't
0: forget the fact that we have already seen through just the chapters we've covered already that David's very aware of what Yahweh is capable of. So when he tells you that this is not what you want, he knows what he's speaking of. Don't, Don't ever underestimate it. Yes, he is merciful. Yes, he is loving. But he is also mighty. And he also has a very impressive wrath. And he is righteous, which means that he is going to ensure justice, which means that when he needs
1: to use that wrath, he is going to. <clears throat> That's like what I was saying in the other part. He may love you, but he can still hate what you have become. Exactly. what you let happen, and when he is going to unleash his wrath on all wickedness, so when he does that, you are not want to be attached to that wickedness.
0: You have to look at it from a parental standpoint once again. If you're a good parent, every parent has a situation. No one wants to discipline their child. But we all come to the knowledge that if we truly love our child, if we want what's best for our child, there comes moments where we have to discipline them. And sometimes we have to discipline harshly. And it's the same thing with him. He loves us and he wants what's best for us. So... There comes points in time where we have to be disciplined, and sometimes it has to be harshly. And I personally wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that. You know, I think we all have had times in our lives where we have received discipline from him, and we don't want to revisit that. <laughs> you know, but in this particular case, what we're talking about, what he's been enraged by every single day, this is going to be some really harsh, harsh wrath. Harsh judgment. Um, but it, it's called for. And I think David's just basically trying to wake people up here. He said you got to repent. Repent and turn away from this before you have to experience that wrath. Because you're
1: going to. It's inevitable. You're going to. So, oh, moving. she said a few things. Okay. She said, God is a righteous God and he cannot look upon sin. That's why we need Jesus. We're made right through him. And all god she is the potter for you we the clay. Correct.
0: He's shaping us and he's molding us. And that discipline is just as necessary to do that. Which I think David recognizes when he, he asks for him to search him. Um, you can't be shaped or molded properly, unless you're aware that you're out of shape in the first place, (laughs) you know, so that you can submit yourself to the hands of the potter to be properly shaped. Um, For lack of a better way of putting it, can you imagine the potter trying to shape something that keeps running away from it? (laughs) Keeps trying to shape itself, (laughs) keeps going
1: in the wrong way, you know? You know, you're supposed to be a bowl. Why do you keep making yourself a fake, <laughs> Stop it! Wow, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, good point. Yes, he's trying to make us into something we we need, and we're trying to shape ourselves into something that's visually pretty. You know, um, yeah, good point. Um, but that's just it, and I and I think David's. That he's recognizing it, he's asking for that, and we need to start doing that too. You know, it's not something I ever thought about doing until I read this particular chapter. We need to be doing that too. Um, if you want to be sold out, you got to lay it all out there and invite him to do what he needs to do. No holds barred. Um, so, moving on to verse 13. And he has prepared for himself instruments of death. He makes his arrows hot for pursuers. Wow. <laughs>
1: you see what mine says? Well oh,
0: yours is something different.
1: He has prepared his deadly weapons. He tips his arrows with fire. That doesn't have the same impact I have to
0: say. You know, and now that you mention that, I do remember that, that discrepancy is where they left off the pursuers once again. And to me, the pursuers is such a big deal. Um, because this takes it back to the very first verse we were talking about. Right. To me, and it all ties it in. Um, I believe he especially hates pursuers. Reason being, it's not just a random act of wickedness. You know, it wasn't something that that they did on impulse. It wasn't an occasional thing. It wasn't an emotional, passionate, you know, moment, you know. A pursuer, it's a constant, continual thing. It's something that that was premeditated. It was thought. um, It was planned. It was schemed. um, And then when you pursue that means that you keep on until you bring them down and the notes that I had actually brought back to something you said in the very beginning I had wrote like a hunter going for the throat they're going in for the kill okay that's how I think he looks at pursuers because they just keep going at you think about a hunter when a hunter goes out to hunt they don't just walk out there and say okay I'm just gonna wait until something shows up and I'm gonna shoot it no they have a plan Okay, that's the reason why they wear the camouflage, why they use a particular kind of weapon, why they use a particular type of <clears throat> ammunition, why they wear a special type of clothing, why they use scents, um, calls, a location, whatever. Why? Because they know their prey. And they plan accordingly to lure in this prey and kill it. And that is how I think he looks at these pursuers, uh, the enemy who's pursuing us. He knows us. We are his prey, and he knows us, and he uses these particular methods to lure us in and to go in for the kill. That is so much worse than somebody who acts out and does something impulsively. Um, I think that's why, you know, again, the whole murder thing where it talks about, you know, thou shalt not murder. It's so about lying in wait, which means planning it, scheming it. That that doesn't mean that any form of it is right, but to plan it and scheme it, is, I think he has a particular hatred for that, and I think that's why it's brought up here, you know, so much. And it, it talks about, you know, for these people, he has hot arrows, Yeah, He doesn't just have an arrow, he has hot arrows. And what I picture is, Taking the tips of those arrows and putting it into the coals. Think about hot metal, you know, where it's like glowing hot. And that, that's what I see. Or even, you know, medieval times, they used flaming arrows. Okay, They would actually set it on fire and shoot it, you know. But either way, you know, it's not a good visual. It, it tells you that he clearly has a particular hatred for these particular kinds of people. And I believe these people are being used by the enemy. There's no doubt in my mind to scheme like that, to be filled with so much hatred and evil and wickedness, to continue to pursue someone and go at them and go at them until you bring them down. That's what he does. Exactly. So he, he's using them. He's working through them. You know? And, of course, they're allowing it. But... I think that's why some people might say, wow, that's like seriously harsh, you know, and a lot of people don't even want to believe that Yahweh is like that, but he's righteous. <laughs> he can't tolerate that. That that enrages him as it said. And yeah, I absolutely believe that he will use that wrath. He will rain down that wrath on people that are filled with the enemy. The enemy is coming after his children. He's using his children, and he's using his children to come after his other children. Think that wouldn't enrage a parent? Think about it, parents. Happen. You're going to sit back and watch someone use your children? You're going to watch those children that are being used coming after your other children? Are you going to shut that down? There, there's nothing that I wouldn't do to protect my children. There's nothing. There's nothing. That I wouldn't do for that. If that's my love for my children, imagine his love for his. Because I can't begin to comp- Ugh, comprehend the magnitude of his love for us. So, yeah, don't believe for a second that he wouldn't rain this down watching this happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he would. <clears throat> so, anyway, you take
1: on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had actually um, basically already said everything, cause so I kind of okay. wrapped that up with the others, oh. mostly because mine doesn't have those, those the pursuers. Yeah, um, mm. I think when they, so they say pursuers again, that obviously that's like an emphasis on that. It's an echo to what they were saying before, like you said. And I think you were only with something really true there. um, Quite frequently through the Psalms, and I think in the Bible in general, when they are talking about. Uh, wicked people, and contrasting them with others. It is usually talking about uh, scheming and lying and wait and plot and tricks and trap. Exactly. There's so, forethought there. Yeah. There's no. There's no accident. Yeah. There's no mistake.
0: You can't so, say I, I. I didn't. I didn't really think. You know, I was just going with my feelings. It was an impulse. Um, I didn't mean to. You can't say any. There's no defense to that. Jesus thought it out, and he thought it out well and meticulously and purposely. And yeah, I think he has a particular
1: hatred for that. And fire is often associated with his wrath. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. turn eternal with sea of fire and fire of stone. and brimstone. And you have the fire, fire purifies. It does. Intent. He's gonna get straight to the. And <laughs> no, that's a scary
0: thought. Yeah, but yes, yeah. fire purifies. Okay, so I tied up 14 through 17. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and read the rest of those. See, he who is bound with wickedness and has conceived trouble and brought forth falsehood, he has made a pit and dug it out and falls into the ditch he made. His trouble turns back upon his own head, and his wrongdoing comes down on the top of his head. I give thanks to Yahweh according to his righteousness, and praise the name of Yahweh Most High.
1: Mine actually said, see the wicked one is pregnant with you. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know. that was such an interesting <laughs> phrase that I thought for wow. sure it was the actual translation. So
0: that's the kind of thing.
1: <laughs> what and verse I mean, was that?
0: Um, 14. Bound with wicked. Yeah. It, it kind of, when I read my explanation on that or what I took for it, it's kind of the same thing. But yes, here's a better description. It brings more of a picture. I
1: it, can... It's birthing evil. It's so filled with it. It's, it's, it's bringing it forth. Right, this part really got my attention a lot because of the metaphorical nature, like how, what is true, what does that tell us is true about wickedness? Um, and so I, I wickedness think... Wickedness breeds wickedness. <laughs> yes, it does. And I can still see that, um, even if it doesn't outright say, pregnant with evil, or something. but it is bound with it, and the, the conceiving and the, you know, bringing it forth, I can still see that. Um, the wicked one knows evil, intimately. Uh, their, mm-hmm. their, li- their life is wrapped up with it. They carry it inside of them and it's sure to come out. And very good. They, <laughs> they feed it with their thoughts and their actions. They just let it grow. And. They nurture they, it. Yeah, the I- ideas and, and feelings of, of trouble start inside of them and when they're full grown, they manifest and actually see. They're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna see. You know? And so I actually really loved that passage because I was like, "That's a very good metaphor." That is. That is. It, do you want to? Would you want to be described as pregnantly evil? <laughs> be real with yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I would be hiding for
1: yeah. <laughs> a while. Yeah.
0: That. But, but sadly, you know, so much of this world is. And. You can see it uh, growing and breeding and, and it being nurtured and it's coming out everywhere. And it's trying to, I guess I'm going with the metaphor, impregnate everyone else with it through media, you know, whether it be radio, television, um, books, even, I mean, especially for the children, it's just, it's everywhere right now and, and yeah. You know, That's exactly what's happening. Do I believe that he's enraged right now? Oh, yeah. I don't think there's probably ever been the heights of rage to the level that he's at right now. And that is a really scary thought. And I only see it getting worse. I really do. Mm -hmm. I know, especially with the
1: Israelites, he would use. There would be phrasing before like prostituting themselves with, you know, this, this wickedness going on. I guess that's what happens. Conceive evil.
0: Well, there is a passage that talks about woe to those who find themselves pregnant when he returns. And that's pretty much what he's saying, that you've sold out to the other side. You've been intimate with the other side. Um... And and so yeah, it kinda of goes along with that. So yeah, very good metaphor
1: with that. And for people of violence and wickedness, every scheme they plot takes them closer to destruction, their own destruction. And the things they do to harm others are detriment to themselves. They're always watching and I think there's a once in a part somewhere where um, we feel like to the pure, he shows himself pure, he shows himself plain, he, himself he speak to the devious, he shows himself shrewd.
0: I see exactly what you're up to and what you're about now.
1: <clears throat> and I thought, I, um, I thought it okay,
0: came <laughs> from Esther. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was a... Oh.
1: Interesting turn of events the there, that yes. <laughs> Esther is a deep source of irony and poetic justice. Yes. Uh, but it was an exact, um, very good demonstration of, of what they were just talking about. I think it's like he set all this stuff up for uh, Mordecai and you know, for the innocent, and it all comes down to And then the verse after that is in some uh, tight parallelism, the part about it, um, synonymous parallelism, but it on top of their heads, which I think uh, emphasizes it, and conveys it as an unchanging law. But then the final part is where, once David has gotten through all that, you know, he's been moved through the Spirit through all of that, and, and you know, this all may be true, yes, there's this yeah. evilness happening, and he's still got these pursuers coming after him, but he he sees that Yahweh's you know, righteousness is something to be thankful for, and it, it culminates in praise. His story is, is, is song-worthy. Regardless of anything else, it's not going to change. his phrase. I love that he always starts in that way, as it should be.
0: Um, but, yeah, that, that was a very good very good metaphor. Um, so with mine, I just got, because I didn't have that particular phrasing, um, I thought, you know, when you're bound with something, when you think of the idea of bound, you're tied up. You're surrounded by it. You're wrapped up in it. You can't see. Often, when I thought of bound, I thought of, like, when you're you're a prisoner or you're a captive. Um, Obviously, your eyes are usually covered. Your hands, your legs, everything. You're completely wrapped up in it, and you can't even see. Um, So I kind of got it, you know, that you're you're filled with this. You're surrounded by it. Um, And he, um, moving on to... Let's see. Yeah. Verse 15 where he says, he has made a pick and he's buddy it out and he falls into the ditch he he made. He's facing his consequences. He's getting exactly what he asked for. You know? Um, He's getting what he deserves. And then, as you said, David ends with, he thanks Yahweh for his righteous judgment and he praises him. And we should thank him for his righteous judgment because if the judgment is on others, it's for our protection. Um... it's it's for the good, and if its judgment is upon us, again, it's for our protection, and it's for our own good. Left to our own devices, we're the ones falling in that ditch, okay? We're the ones facing those consequences and getting what we deserve, and often it's not a good thing. It is not a good thing. We often do not even realize what we're letting ourselves in for. Um, We cannot see. He can, and so if he is disciplining us um we should be thankful for that if he were to just sit back and let us have our own way which sometimes he does when we continue to push it that is never going to end well that is never going to be a a good situation so either way whoever he's casting his righteous judgment on we should be grateful for it we should be thankful for it because it's for our own good and for our own protection um I'm yeah,
1: I'm, I'm grateful for it. topic I about a lot.
0: Exactly. But I am, <laughs> I'm thankful for His wrath. And like I said, after reading this chapter, um, my my eyes were open to the thought of asking Him to search me and, and give me what I deserve. You know, help me to to see those things that I have not seen, to bring those things to my attention so that I can grow and be molded to what He created me to be, to be completely right with Him in every way, um, to be who He says I am. And I I encourage every one of you to do the same. I know it's kind of a scary thought, but you know what? you got to remember, once again, He is your Father and He loves you more than any. Being on this entire universe, um, he only wants what's best for you. And so really, while it might seem a little scary, there's nothing to be worried about. Because you're presenting yourself to him as his child who wants to grow and be right with him. He is going to handle that with love. That's going to please him. It's not going to enrage him. It might be a hard thing to do, a difficult thing to do, because obviously if there's anything found, you got some growing to do. And that growing and pruning sometimes can be a painful process. But the benefits of it, the blessings of it, is so worth it. But that is all I have for this week. Do you have anything to add?
1: I do not.
0: Okay, well with that, um, we're going to leave y'all there. Y'all have a wonderful weekend. We will see you next week with Psalm chapter 8. And um, again, I encourage y'all to to lay it all out there for him. See what he shows you and how you can grow. Y'all have a great week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, if you enjoy listening, please feel free to share it with others so that hopefully it can bless them too. And if you don't already know about it, we also have a Facebook group, both a public page and a private group that you can join. You can find us at Leaving It at His Feet every day on Facebook. Just remember, if you would like to see the Bible studies, the videos, the many teachings or the live prayers or many other things that we offer for a variety of ages, you have to ask to join the private group. Hope to see you there. Bye.